Hi, welcome to Building a Business That Lasts. My name is Jay Owen, and I'm your host. On a quest towards stories, tips, and ideas that will help you grow a business without being stressed out, worn out, and ready to quit. Each week, I'll interview other business owners who have successfully grown businesses of all types for many years. It's my hope that these conversations will help you build a business that lasts. So if you really want to build a business that is more than just a daily grind, it's actually a lifestyle, and it's something that allows you to live the real life that you want to live, this podcast is for you. I get to interview Tom, who is part of Lifestyle Builders. Him and his wife run that podcast. They got a brand new book that's coming out soon. They help other people uh, grow their businesses and and really build the life that they really want. We talk about all kinds of stuff about how to structure business around your life, how to build a plan for not just your business, but your life as a whole. And I think you're going to find great value in this interview if, if lifestyle is something you care about. So check out this conversation with Tom from Lifestyle Builders. Hey, real quick, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer on my brand new book, Building a Business That Lasts, just like the podcast title. It just came out and you can grab a free copy today. All you've got to do is cover the cost of shipping and handling. I can't wait to get this in your hands. Go online right now and grab your copy. Just go to getjaysbook.com. That's getjaysbook.com and you can get your free copy um, sent right out to you. So go check it out. And without any further ado, here is today's episode. Hey, Tom, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So I'm really excited uh, to have you on the show because you are um, kind of fit right into my wheelhouse of kind of how I like to think about things. Your bio talks about financial freedom by the age of 35. You're kind of that young entrepreneurial spirit. Um, And that's how I was. I started this agency at the age of 17 that I run now. We've been in business for 20 years. And so I'd love to let you kind of peel the curtain back a little bit. Tell your story. How did you get to where you are? What's your why? And kind of why do you do what you do? Absolutely. So I I love young entrepreneurs. Um, I am one and I was one. And so basically my wife and I met the first day of college. So we were on like that traditional path, you know, graduate high school, graduate college, get a job, retire at some point. And as we graduated college and I started looking ahead, my degree was in computer science and hers was in zoology. We couldn't find a job for her. And I looked at my, you know, kind of path forward. And I was like, I do not want to sit in a cubicle for the next 45 years, you know, typing on a computer. And so at that point, I basically set a goal to retire, quote unquote, by 35. I had no idea how that was going to happen. But I was like, you know, 15 years should be long enough to kind of figure it out. And so I kind of set off like trying to make that happen. Now, my wife at the time just basically thought, okay, this is another one of Tom's crazy ideas. It'll kind of fade and then we'll get back to normal. Uh, But it didn't. So every time I tried to do something, she's like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think I'm not comfortable with that. And so ultimately I got pretty depressed because I'm like, if every time I try to do something to make our lives better, she says, no, we're never going to make this work. And so in a moment of desperation, I heard this ad on the radio for this like free real estate investing training, which was one of the careers that I tried to kind of get into. Um, So I went to the free training. They upsold you to a three-day $500 training, went to that. And then they were upselling these packages of like 10, 20, $30,000. And so at that point, I'm like, I don't have the money. I'm going to kind of walk away and figure things out. And I had this little voice in the back of my mind that said, you know, if you don't invest in this now, you're never going to make it work. 
So crazy enough, I ended up spending about $7,500 on that training. I had to put it on two credit cards because we didn't have one credit card that had enough available. And I did all of this without telling my wife, who at that point was actually my fiance. And we're going to get married in about nine months. (laughs) So you can imagine how that went. Not really well. Uh, But what came out of that was forcing us to really get aligned on what we wanted out of life. And once we had that alignment, then figuring out kind of how we would get there. And so fast forward from there, we ended up starting three different businesses. We have a real estate investing business, a retail wine and liquor store, and then a coaching business helping other entrepreneurs to not only build their business, but build their business to support whatever they're looking for out of their life. That's awesome. So you've got a lot of different diversity there talking about real estate business, a retail business, and I'm guessing a lot of online work with the coaching business as well. Is it coaching and in person or kind of a mix? It's, It's a mix, but a lot of it's online. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense. So you kind of stretch the gambit there as far as different things. So how do you decide where to spend your time? Because you've got three relatively diversified things there and you talk about kind of a lifestyle business. How do you decide where our lifetime lifestyle builders is the word that you use. So how do you, how do you decide where to spend your time? Yeah. So I kind of skipped over the whole middle part of like the ups and downs of how we got here. Um, But essentially I was working a corporate career and I started the real estate business. So I only had one business at a time and that was basically nights and weekends getting that going. And then what I figured out was like, this wasn't the life we wanted. So I started delegating and hiring people in so that that business didn't take as much time. And then we started the second business. I kind of went through the same process of like, we hired a team in, we put systems in place so that now the real estate business and the wine and liquor store weren't taking a lot of time. At that point, I was also now traveling like four days a week, consulting for these like Fortune 500 companies on like team productivity, business strategy, leadership. And my wife and I kind of looked at our lives and we said, is this what we had laid out for us? And the answer was no. Like we had two young kids at home. So we said, you know what? Let's leave that corporate consulting job and let's take those skills that we have through our businesses and through that work and let's focus them on the people that we enjoy working with, which is entrepreneurs. So we ended up then starting Lifestyle Builders, which was really helping entrepreneurs build the business they need for the lives they crave. And that now takes the majority of our time because the first two businesses, we've got a team and system set up so they don't take very much time. So that's really critical. I think that's uh, one of the sticking points for a lot of people, especially when they have a small business, is not having good systems in place. Because a lot of us, like me, started out one man, you know, dog and pony show or one woman show, and and we were the technician, right? We were the one that knew how to do the work, and we did the work. And then eventually we clumsily hired somebody else, and now we got a couple people working for us, and we still don't really know what we're doing. Um, so talk about how you learned, because it's not something that people just know how to do. How did you learn to put the right systems in place and know what those were? And you know, what resources did you lean on to, to learn how to leverage that and how to, that'll, that could then allow you to step out of the business and focus on other things? Yeah, well, it was, you know, it's definitely a process, you know, everyone is kind of looking for like this, this shortcut. And, you know, there really isn't one, a lot of it's trial and error. um, But it's also learning from other people. So uh, while I had my corporate job, I actually got into Lean Six Sigma, which is really about putting processes in place and process improvement. So I took a lot of the stuff I learned there, and then applied it to our businesses. So for example, when I said I didn't want to work nights and weekends anymore, I started asking, well, how can I do that? Well, I identified a list of tasks that I was doing at the time. And I started saying, all right, what's the one that I dislike the most? And I'm going to hire that. So for me with real estate, it was um, like putting drywall up and mudding it. It's terrible. So we hired that out. 
And then once we did that, we just kept repeating that until I removed myself from that technician role of doing the day-to-day stuff. And I moved up to working on the business where I was like putting the strategy together, overseeing things. Same type of thing with the wine and liquor store. I was like, I have a full-time job. I cannot physically be at this store. So what does the system and what does the design have to look like so that the store can run even though I'm not physically there? And then we just work through hiring the right people and putting the right systems in place for that. Yeah, I think one of those things that you just mentioned was is a really key tip. He talks about it in the book called E-Myth of this idea of writing job descriptions for all the jobs that you do. So like for a lot of people that are small business owners, they might actually be doing eight, nine different jobs that are actually separate job descriptions, actually physically taking the time to write down what does this role entail what has to be accomplished in order for this to be successful? And then being able to take time to go, okay, this one's getting handed off to this person. I can hire this person to do this. I can hire this person to do that. And then you can be in the situation where you are, where you have a lifestyle where it's a little bit more, you know, not requiring you to be working all night long and every single weekend. Yeah. And I, and that's a great book. And just to show how this is an ongoing process, um, my wife and I just did our Q4 planning. And so one of the things we did there was we just did a dump of all of the tasks that we were doing and all the roles we were playing. And then we went through and we evaluated and said, all right, how often does this task come up? How much time does it take? How much do we enjoy doing it? And then how much value does it give? And anything that we rated a low on how much we enjoy doing it and how much value either got eliminated because we didn't need to do it or we improved the process and then ultimately delegated that out so that we're focused on our core zone of genius and we're doing the things that we enjoy and bring the most value to our customers with. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many people have a really hard time getting there. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of small business owners out there that just feel, that's why I started this podcast to some extent, a lot of just feel worn out, stressed out and ready to quit, you know, because they started this thing, whatever they're doing, thinking they're going to have more freedom, have more money, have more time. And to some extent, they have the opposite. They own a job instead of a business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what kind of tips when you're talking to some of those people, what are some of the things that they can do that help move them in the right direction to get towards this lifestyle business that you're talking about? Yeah. So we have um, kind of a specific framework we walk people through. The first thing, which most people are kind of surprised about because they come to us for help with their business is we actually start taking a look at their life. You know, we have this like two page planner where we help them figure out what kind of life they really want. And then basically map out from where they're at today to that ideal life and build a roadmap to get there. So what it does is kind of guide them on, you know, maybe you want a certain house or maybe you want to be able to go on certain vacations or have a certain impact. So we're going to build out how we go from where you're at to get there in pieces. Then what we do is have them really figure out their finances and figure out how much money they need to bring in to cover themselves. And then we model the business to support that. So for example, if you need to say have $5,000 a month to cover all your expenses, now that you've got clarity on that, you can design your business and set your business goals to say, all right, how much revenue do I need? Well, maybe it's like 10,000. And now you can say, okay, what does that have to look like in order to support that lifestyle I'm looking for? And then we're just revisiting that process every 90 days to say, all right, let's update it. Is our our life goal still in place? Yep. Uh, What kind of business do we need and what kind of goals do we need to have there? Great. And now we can make sure that the business supports the life and we integrate the two rather than having the business constantly take the life over. So I love this idea of putting together a life plan. I think a lot of people especially small business owners, we think about planning for business. You know, we think about planning for profit and we think about, you know, all these kinds of things. But then we leave out of that equation, 
everything else. And, you know, I always joke, I don't, I don't really like the term work, work-life balance. I think it's more of a blender. And some sure. days you put in a little more strawberries, so a little bit more spinach, but you have to have a plan for what, what you want that, you know, smoothie for lack of a better word to, to do for you. You know, sometimes you might need a little more protein in there and that's kind of like a life plan. Like you got to back up and decide what do you want the whole thing to look like? Not just how much money do you need the business to make? Yeah, I, I, we agree. Like um, this, this notion of like work-life balance, I think it's left over from more of like the traditional path, the corporate space. And for a lot of people, they try to achieve balance and their vision of that is like, I've got work on one side, I got life on the other side and they should That's be right. balanced all the time. The reality is you really want your, your business to support your life. And that might mean at some points it's heavier on the business, but you don't forget about the life stuff. It just takes, you know, less of your focus. And there might be times, for example, like when our son was born, where we did the minimum amount in the business to keep that going, but we spent time on what was important, which was our life and spending time with our new baby. Yeah. And I think that is critical too. That kind of references the idea of seasons of life and seasons of business too, because I, you know, I think one of the dangers that we all live in is this constant world of social media where it's, you know, the nonstop hustle lifestyle. And like, I, you know, I love a lot of stuff that comes out of people like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone. And there's a lot of stuff out of both of them that I'm like, guys, that's just not how I'm going to operate. And I, and, and I've got my life figured out where I want it to be, where I am, but that doesn't mean it has to be for everybody else. That's important for people that are listening or maybe watching as well to go, Hey, just because these guys are doing it this way, doesn't mean that's the only way. You got to figure out your own plan for your season of life. Absolutely. And, and our tagline is your life, your business, your way for that very reason. Because what happens is a lot of us seek this like freedom. And then we go about looking at like how other people did it to try to get some of those shortcuts. So that's not a bad thing. But ultimately, we need to come back and take the principles that those other people used and apply them to what's really important for us. You know, because we've had a lot of people that They've had success in business, but for example, like they ended up divorced and they weren't happy because it was like they, they hustled 24 seven and their thought was, well, I'm just going to work hard and make the business work and then I'll come back and take care of my family. And it's like, well, if you take that mentality, you might not have a family to come back to. That's so right. what we always tell people is like, put your life first, even if it's like that season, maybe you're starting the business and it's going to be a heavy business season. Make sure the first things you put on your calendar are what's most important, which is your life. And then from there, you can kind of fill in the business to support that. And then later on, you might get into a season, like I said, when our son was born, where that shifted. But it's going to be kind of this ongoing thing. But you always want to make sure you're very intentional about where you spend your time and not kind of fall into what everybody else is doing or what you think you should be doing. You know, one of the things you just said there, I think is really important uh, to kind of underline is that idea of intentionality. Um, I got to see John Maxwell speak recently. So he's such a legend in leadership. And the analogy that he gave when it comes to intentionality was, imagine you've got this giant tree in your backyard and all you've got is an ax to cut it down with and something to sharpen the ax. He said, going out there that day and trying to cut down that giant tree is probably not going to happen. But if every day you wake up, you sharpen the ax, you go out there and you take five swings at it, eventually that tree is going to fall. It might take six months or it might take six years, but it's that intentional everyday process and mentality of planning for purpose and planning for outcome versus just showing up to your day and letting your day happen to you because we're all going to get caught in the whirlwind if we do that. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a challenge for a lot of, I'll say, newer entrepreneurs these days. Um, the ability in, to start a business is easier than ever before. 
But with that, it also means that the barrier to entry is so low that you might not go through some of the things a traditional business owner would have gone through. And especially when you see social media and everyone else kind of like what they're doing, you miss out on what it actually takes to be successful. So people look at us now and they're like, oh, you guys have three businesses. You both quit your jobs. Like, that's amazing. I want that. What they don't see was that the 10 years behind that, the, right. the not going out on nights and weekends, missing like some of our family events because I was renovating a house or like my, my wife's 28th birthday, we celebrated it at our wine and liquor store because we were opening a week later and we were pulling like 80 hour weeks. So yeah. like that, that does take time and it does take effort. And I think most people today, they try for like three or six months and they're like, it's not working. I'm going to give up. They don't realize that it does take some time to kind of get your business model figured out. And then to put those systems in place, hire those team members so that you can build a business that not only, you know, supports you, but then lives beyond you. Uh, I love that, man. You're preaching right to my soul of things that I believe in. Uh, matter of fact, I see the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University box on your shelf back there. And there's a story he tells that resonates with that. He says, uh, you know, uh, I busted my tail for 20 years and then people told me I was an overnight success. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the mentality. Yeah. Well, in, in, in Dave's great quote, right? Like live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. That's and right. it's that first piece that everyone wants to skip over. You know, they're not willing to make some of the short-term sacrifices, whether it's financial, whether it's time, whether it's hobbies in order to be able to live like no one else. And like, I mean, for example, we declared this um, summer Friday family field trips. So every Friday we took our two kids on a field trip and we didn't work. Now, people look at us and they're like, oh, you're so lucky that you get to do that. And it's like, no, we get to do that because we set that as a goal and we were intentional and worked hard and worked through all of that to make that a reality. And anybody can do that. But like you said, you've got to consistently do that over time. Yep, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I hate when people say stuff like, oh, you're just lucky. I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't luck. There, you know, there's some blessing involved for sure, but there's no luck. And, you know, I, I, we got to not that long ago, I have five little ones. So they range in age from five years old to almost 14. And my wife's from England. We got to take all of them uh, to England for two weeks. And I didn't have to touch business while I was there. And the company kept running without me. It doesn't really need me in a lot of areas, thankfully. And like, but that took a long time to get to the point where there were the right systems and the right people and the right processes in place that I could just walk away and not even need to check my voicemail anymore. You know, and it might not last forever like that, but I can go away for a week or two or take a Friday. Um, I think that uh, that idea of, you know, Friday family field trips, like that's awesome. But it, like you said, it's something that you have to communicate with your spouse and then plan for. And then to actually get to the point where you can do it, it might be six months. It might be a year of, or even more of planning and putting the right things in place to get it done. Yeah. You know, and one of the biggest things that I, I think, people don't realize as they go through this is that it takes support. So like for a long time, I I had had some success, especially as a young entrepreneur. And then I kind of hit a plateau and got stuck. And I was stuck there for a while until I had a mentor basically say, Tom, it's not about you. And what I had to figure out was I need to get over my ego. Mm -hmm. And I had this ego of like, I've had a certain amount of success. Now I can't go and ask for help because people are going to be like, well, you know, he's a fraud and whatever else. But once I realized that 
successful entrepreneurs, successful people surround themselves with support that they need. That's what ultimately allowed us to break through that, to have more success, to have a better marriage. But for a long time, I thought like I had to do everything myself. And it wasn't until I realized that, you know, let's go get like a marriage counselor to help us build the strongest marriage possible. Like that's such a taboo thing. People are like, oh, you guys are having marriage problems. It's like, no, that's the most important thing. So let's go do that. You know, I want to improve the business. Let's go get a business coach. Even though we are business coaches, let's get somebody to help us. Mm -hmm. And the more support we put around us, the faster and easier everything became. But for a long time, I didn't have that mindset and I struggled. Yeah, no, I get that. And I think especially for a lot of entrepreneurs there, there's a pride issue, there's an ego issue. And, and ultimately it's, you know, for me, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking one that I could do it better than anybody else. It's Mm -hmm. the old saying, if you want it done right, do it yourself, false. And, um, and, and then there's just that feeling like you're supposed to or have to, and you, you can't go ask for help. One of the things I've been saying a lot lately that I think really is valuable is you, everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs somebody that's a peer and everybody needs somebody to mentee. So if we have each of those things, somebody to look up to, somebody that we're pulling up and somebody that's on our level, there's a lot of value in that. And that's kind of what you're talking about, like with the marriage counseling, like, man, I think if we lived together, we'd be, we'd be best friends. Cause it's exactly like, I believe all those things. And I, and I've just seen them and people like you that they, they come to life and all of a sudden they like, it's not that life's perfect by any means. I got plenty of bad days, but man, I get to live like, like they've said, like nobody else. There's so much value in it. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I love that philosophy of the mentor, the peer and the mentee, because that's exactly what we live by. Like we have people that are further along that guide us through those. Um, we have a lot of peers that we support and help out. And then like the best thing is with all the coaching clients and, and all the people we help today. I mean, when we help them on their business, we end up learning probably more than we help yeah. them on. And you know, it's that combination of all of those that just helps keep that momentum going. Yeah, and the opportunity to learn from other people. I know you've got a podcast, and I, you and your wife do it together, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, and that's an awesome opportunity right there because you're getting to have people on and have conversations. And I always, I joked when I first started this podcast, I was like, look, if nobody ever listens to it, it's going to be a lot of fun because I'm going to get to talk to other business owners and I'm going to get great value out of it just from the conversations. I don't know if you kind of feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had one two years ago. Um, It wasn't the right time in our business and we ended up having to put it on hiatus, Um, but we relaunched again this year and it's been phenomenal. And uh, in fact, we actually, we just, normally we do like two episodes a week. In September, we actually did 24 episodes and we had 24 different entrepreneurial couples come on and we just talked to them about, all right, what did it take to build not only a successful business, but a successful life? And by talking to 24 very successful couples, we started to kind of identify some of the themes and the things we're doing that help us succeed, as well as the things that, you know, we could incorporate to do that. And then not only does that help us to your point, but now all of our listeners get to tap into these entrepreneurs that they might never have a chance to talk to, but we can kind of be the conduit for them. Yeah, I love it. That's exactly my thought process. And you guys are working on a book too, right? Yeah, we just finished the book. It's, um, it's off to the editor now. And uh, it's called Lifestyle Builders. So it's basically the process that we take people through um, in order to build that life. And uh, like I said, it starts with, we call it plan with purpose. So that's all figuring out your life plan and what you want. Then we talk about find your freedom, get your personal finances in order, pay off debt if you have it. I mean, we had $220,000 worth of debt 
early on and we had to work through, that's why we got Dave here, right? Yeah. Dave helped us work through the debt and get the personal finances in order. Then we help people test their business idea, make sure that this grand idea that we have as entrepreneurs is actually going to work and people are going to pay us money. Then set up your systems, put those systems in the teams and processes in place so you can grow this business that isn't dependent on you. Quit your cubicle, how to leave your job and transition from an employee to an entrepreneur because a lot of people don't realize there's a big mental shift there when you don't have a boss and maybe you're working at home and now you're accountable and responsible for everything. And then ultimately live your life, like enjoy life and don't let the business take it over. Yeah, absolutely. I think those things are awesome. I'm definitely going to check out that book when it comes out. You know, it's interesting because I did kind of a similar thing. I launched this podcast back in August and I released my book in May, same title, everything. And one of the things that I struggled with during that process was, I mean, I've built this agency for 20 years in a row. We've made more money top and bottom line every single year. And I'm at home for dinner almost every single night. And so for me, like that is success for me, you know, and it's different for everybody else. But for me, that is my story. And so I have a pretty good story, but even like when I had to start putting it down, I kind of had this like imposter syndrome of like, maybe I'm not good enough to write a book yet. Maybe I should wait another 10 years or 20 years or, you know, who would want to talk to me on a podcast? There's all these like things that start creeping in the back of your head, or at least for me. And I had to really fight through that. But man, it's been such a great opportunity to talk to people like you and learn, learn from your stories. Yeah. And you know, to that point, we all feel that it doesn't matter how successful you are because you've never been to that next level yet. And um, part of how I kind of keep, you know, grounded is I have three quotes uh, above my monitors. The first one is embrace the suck. Hmm. So this actually comes from the military and it's like, look, things are going to suck along the way. Don't like fear that embrace that because on the other side is something great. That's right. The second one is keep moving forward. So regardless of what happens, just keep moving forward, like learn from it and move forward. And then the third one, which really helps me a lot with the imposter syndrome is people need you. Mm. And for people that like are afraid of selling or afraid of putting themselves out there, if you truly have something that can help somebody else out and you're not bringing that up, if you're not giving them the opportunity to work with you, you're really being selfish because I mean, imagine if somebody had cancer and you had the cure to cancer and you're like, well, I don't know if I, I should bring it up to them. I don't know if I should mention it to them. It's like you could save that person's life. And now yeah. maybe what you're offering isn't like that extreme, but it's the same type of mindset. So if, if any of you are coming up with that imposter syndrome, just know that there's people out there that need what you have and you giving it to them, even if it helps one person, it's made a difference in the world. That's right. And I, I, I think that is so true. I got to speak at an event the other day and, uh, you know, there were several hundred people there and I'm talking and I was thinking to myself, look, if I can just help one person here, I don't need to help all 500 or however many people here. I, I just need to help one. And then that day is worth it, you know? And I think anybody that's out there listening or, or watching, it's easy to kind of go, um, gosh, but I don't really have, I don't really have anything that's valuable. And I just don't believe that's true. I think everybody, uh, the last episode that I recorded earlier today, actually somebody was saying one of his big things for learning is everybody he encounters, he reminds himself that they have something to teach him. Even if it's a, you know, a homeless guy on the street, he's got something to teach him, even if he doesn't appear to be in a higher position than where he is. And that mindset I think is really powerful. Yeah, I, I always tell people my number one hack and, and what's allowed me to be successful is just being curious. Mm-hmm. You know, so I go into every situation and when I meet somebody, you know, like for example, if we go to a conference, I don't actually go to any sessions. I'm just out in the hall meeting as many people as I can. And when yeah. I meet them, I'm just asking them questions. And it is crazy how much I learn just by talking to other people and gaining their insights. And even those situations that maybe don't play out favorably, 
there's always something to learn to improve for next time. And then you just keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. We touched a little bit on kind of the work-life balance concept, but I want to dig a little bit down on that because you work with your wife, which is a great opportunity, but it also creates uh, significant risks as well. My mentor is my uncle and, and my aunt, and they work together, and they've worked together for ages. And so there's always interesting stories that come out of that. So talk about how y'all have learned to work together have you been able to figure out, you know, how to separate, hey, this is the time we're going to work with stuff, this is how we're going to work on each other, because all of it blends together, like I said. And so what's that like working with your wife? What have been some of the things you've had to learn along the way to make it better? Yeah, it's such a great question. So I, we talked about seasons before, and I, I think that's what working together has been, because it started out where she wanted nothing to do with the business. And so I was doing my corporate job and the business. And eventually when we had our daughter, she was like, you know, I would love to be able to like stay home. And we realized that we could pay her from the business. She could take over some of that work and she could stay home. It was like, boom, we got you out of a job. And then as we built every business, she kind of just took over more and more. And then eventually when I left my job and now we're working together, the whole dynamic changed. It was like, we're now together like 24 seven. And we really had to do a couple things. We had to get aligned on what we were trying to do. We had to get aligned on what our roles were and really understand our personality types and where we kind of fit in best. Because for a long time, we just kept butting heads. Like I'd bring up an idea and she'd start immediately questioning it and tearing it down. Well, that's at least the story I told myself. When we started taking personality tests, we read our own and then we swapped. What we realized was that we're actually like complete opposites, which you could see as like a negative thing. But for us, when we got into the right roles, it was actually great because I have this visionary kind of view and I can do the big picture stuff and I'm really good at certain things, but I'm not great at details. Mm -hmm. She is a detail oriented person. And so she fills in all those gaps. And now that we've got alignment on that, it's so much easier to work together, but it's an ongoing thing. Like I said, you know, we have a marriage counselor to constantly make sure that we're keeping our life first and improving how we communicate with each other. We do these sessions every week and every 90 days to reflect on what's working, what's not, and what changes do we have to make? So it's an ongoing thing, but our two biggest things are get aligned on ultimately what you want and then make sure you have clarity on the roles so that you're both in your space, in your zone of genius, and you're not stepping on each other's toes. Yeah, huge stuff there. Uh, things I want to underline. One, I, I love the fact that you have a marriage counselor. I think a lot of people are, like I said earlier, it's, it's kind of a taboo term. Some of the people are scared of but it's kind of like what Zig Ziglar used to say. He'd say, people always tell me when they get down, they put in one of my tapes and start to get some motivation again. He's like, I don't know why you're waiting until your gas tank's empty before you fill it back up again. You wouldn't do that with your car. Why are you doing that with your spirit? And that's not an exact quote, but basically what he said. And that's kind of what you're saying with the marriage. The one thing I want to drill in a little bit more is the personality types, because that's been a huge revelation for me, uh, both in business with my team and um, in my marriage and other relationships. What, first of all, what personality profile system do you guys kind of ascribe to? What do you like and how is that affected? Because I, I think that can be really valuable for people. Yeah. So if there's a, a test out there, we've probably taken it. Uh -huh. um, some of the ones that have helped us the most, uh, Kobe A is really good, you know, because I'm a quick start and that makes it very clear that like when I get an idea, I'm going to start on it and she's more of a fact finder. So kind of understanding that, let us figure out our roles a little bit better. And then um, one that helped not only in our life, but in business was called love languages. And basically what that is, is, you know, you take this quick quiz, there's also a book, but it helps you understand like, 
you know, how you want to be loved or in business, like how you need, you know, people to kind of show up and support you. And once we figure that out, then we could support each other in the way they needed to be supported to feel strong, confident, loved, et cetera. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, if you're not familiar with the love languages, it's by a guy named Gary Chapman. It's called the five love languages. And um, it's interesting because I never would like have categorized that. If somebody asked me about personality profiles, I would never have brought that up necessarily. But it really is that, I guess. It's interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, you know, it's funny. One of the things, what's like another kind of hack that I do is I always take concepts from one place and I apply it to another. So we have different businesses. We'll take something that's working in one business and apply it to another one and we'll kind of come up with a new way to do it. Um, we do the same thing between life and business. So we, we found that and we said, well, what if we took these principles from life and applied it to business? And you'll find a lot of correlations on like if you have a team, how you need to show up and support your team based on, you know, like what their love language is. So some people would maybe shy away from that, but like that's how you truly build intimacy and a team that's going to, you know, support the mission of the organization and show up and support each other, not just be like transactional. Yeah, super smart. I mean, that, that stuff is really, really solid. I, I It's interesting because that's one thing I don't think I've ever really thought about applying to business. I think about in relationship to my wife and the kids, but not really business. But I guess it's true. Like we all need and desire that attention in some different way. And some of it's a, you know, a handshake or a pat on the back. And some people it's a, hey, awesome job. And other people it's, hey, I need to sit down and have a coffee with you. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's really, really interesting stuff. So thanks for bringing that up. So uh, gosh, you're the kind of guy I could talk to all day. but we don't have all day and I'm not sure people would listen all day either. So at some point we got to head towards the end. And when I head towards the end, one of the things I always like to ask is about, you know, how you kind of keep growing and learning. Obviously you got a big bookshelf behind you, um, which makes me jealous of your, I've not done a video setup like this yet. So now I'm a little jealous. So now I'm gonna go (laughs) make a video studio, which we're actually working on. And, um, but how do you keep learning? Is it books? Is it conferences? Is it people? Is it mentors? Is it podcasts? Is it some combination of all those? Where do you best find your own personal growth in the midst of pouring into a lot of other people? Yeah, you know, it, it really is to your point, all of the above. And uh, the irony is, uh, before I graduated college, I despised reading. I did everything I could to avoid reading books. And then um, when I set that goal to retire by 35, I had a friend give me a book called The Automatic Millionaire. And I'm like, I don't want to read this. He's like, read it. And what I realized was that, you know, coming from a background where I didn't have a lot of money was this revelation that I could actually, you know, become a millionaire. And so I was like, holy crap, I didn't know like this good stuff was in books. And then uh, shortly after that, I read another book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Mm, because I loved the thought of being a millionaire. I didn't like the the fact I had to wait 45 years. So what Rich Dad, Poor Dad kind of showed was like how to change your mindset Uh, about like assets and liabilities and the thought process. And then that really helped me like with the entrepreneurship. So since then, I mean, I've read like thousands of books, um, but I always like, I, you know, podcasts, conferences, basically I like to learn every single day. And um, a quick tip for anyone that, you know, wants to start learning more, I spend a little bit of time in the morning, whether it's on the commute, whether it's um, just kind of taking time away to learn one thing that directly correlates to the next thing I need to do in business or in life. So let's say that, you know, we've got some goals around marketing. I'm probably going to pick up a marketing book. And then the thing I learned that day, I'm going to go and apply. Because if you're doing that every single day, you've now applied and learned 365 times a year and your growth is going to be like 10 times faster than anybody else. 
Yeah. One of the things I always tell people about books too, is it's not like you have to necessarily gain every single piece of insight that might be buried in that book. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If there was one really good takeaway that I can take out of a book that I can actually apply to my life or business, that probably was worth it. And now that's something that's going to stick in there and be something that I always, you know, am, am rooted back to, even if that's the only thing I remember out of that book. Yeah, it's funny. Um, when I started like coaching executives and then eventually coaching entrepreneurs, at first I always thought what they wanted was like more of my time. So I would like schedule like these long calls and go like deep into things. And when I started working with more successful people, what I found was they're like, Tom, all due respect, I want to spend the least amount of time with you, but I just want to find the one thing. And if we spend 10 minutes together and you give me the one thing that allows me to go out and solve this problem, that's totally worth the entire fee that I paid you. And so like I've taken that philosophy into everything else and it's like, all right, every situation, what's that one thing that I can take away that can have a big impact? I love that. So on that topic of books then, what's one of your favorite books you've read lately? Lately, that's a good question. Um, there's a book called Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. And I'm going to be completely honest. When I, I, I saw Mike like two weeks before the book launched. And then when it came out, I was angry. I was jealous because the book is all about how do you put systems and processes into your business? And Mike, by the way, he's, he's written a bunch of great books, but I was like, that was the book I was going to write, right? You know, because he wrote a book called Profit First on how to kind of yeah. manage your finances as an entrepreneur. And I, I had the book written of, Profit first for time management because I was like Mike handled the the time or the money piece. I'm going to handle the time piece, and so I was angry for about a day. And then what I realized was Mike just helped so many entrepreneurs, and he started exposing how important systems and processes are to them. And I can build off of that. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with your business, you're not sure how to put systems and processes in place. Uh, Clockwork's a really good book. I have not read that yet, so I'm going to move it up. My It is on my list, but I've not gotten to it. So I'm going to move that up the list based on your recommendation. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always like to kind of wrap up with giving you a chance to do two things. Uh, one is any parting thoughts. What, what, have I, what have we missed? What have we not talked about specifically as it relates to thinking about a young entrepreneur or a business owner who's trying to build a business that lasts? What is something that, that you feel like is really valuable? And then the second thing is, where's the best place for people to find you online if they if thought was today was valuable and they want to dig a little bit more to your ideas and thoughts? Uh, where's the best place for them to find you? So first one is, um, any parting thoughts, best practice for building a business that lasts? And second is, where can they find you? Yeah. I mean, in terms of building a business that lasts, it, it takes some time to really dig into why you want to build the business. And what's often missing is who you want to serve. Um, you know, we, when we talk to people about why they want to build a business, usually they start out saying like, you know, because I, I want a certain house or maybe I want freedom and experiences. But you're going to get to a point as an entrepreneur where you kind of have yourself taken care of. And what we call it, that's your freedom number. When you're making that much money where you've taken care of yourself, a lot of entrepreneurs think they're going to be happy at that point. And surprisingly, most aren't. And when we dive into that, it's normally because in order to get true happiness, it's usually making an impact beyond yourself. It's kind of building that legacy and living that. So I would just recommend at the beginning, think about why you want to build this business and who you want to impact. Because if you can get clarity on that, you're going to be able to build a business that people need and people are willing to pay you for and you enjoy being a part of. 
Awesome. Um, in terms of where to find us, uh, we're all over the place, but you can find us at tomandariana.com. Uh, you can get to our podcast, which is Lifestyle Builders. You can go um, pre-order the book and uh, just find out a lot more of what we got going on. Tom, I'm definitely going to go pre-order the book right now. I'm excited to uh, read it. I think that you and I are really in alignment with regards to things you guys believe. I just love the content and ideas that you're putting out. So thank you so much for taking your time today uh, to share with our audience. Hey, thank you for having me on. You know, keep the podcast going. It's phenomenal. And, you know, I know people are getting so much value out of listening. So, you know, thank you for doing what you do. Because I I know the amount of work that goes into producing a podcast. And, um, you know, thank you. It's appreciated. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. I hope this episode has given you some ideas or inspiration that will help you grow your business. If you found it helpful and you know somebody else who might benefit from it as well, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take the time to share this with them, maybe on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, or even shoot an email over to a friend uh, with a link to this podcast in it. And if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for our email list at buildingabusinessthatlasts.com.